Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of British Murders. This is a special movie review episode. It's the middle of my fourth season and I thought I'd take a break to speak to one of my mates. His name is David John Brady, or Dave to his mates. Hello, David. Hello. Thanks for having me, pal. You see what I did there? I liked it. Did you get the joke? Yeah, <laughs> yeah good, I do, yeah. Good, yeah. good. <laughs> Dave is a composer. He is an instrumentalist, a pianist, sorry, a pianist. <laughs> <laughs> and he actually composed the intro music for British Murders. So the, the dude, dude. <laughs> Dude, that were you, you want a face to the sound now, can't yeah. they? Everyone, oh, yeah, having followers. It was what, me. What do you call it? Chasing gauntlet or something? Throw, uh, throw, throw down the gauntlet. That's it. Throw down the gauntlet. So you've yeah. had a fr- your link tree has had a free plug in every single one of my episodes, mate, since launch. Ooh, ain't that good? I so, wonder where all them clicks were coming yeah. from. Free publicity. <laughs> so <laughs> cash back on cash back on that one. <laughs> Lovely. So what what we're doing today is we're going to discuss British horror film. 28 days later from 2002. God, it's that old, is it? That's how old it is, mate. 19, 19 years ago. So Jesus. we got together. Well, Dave emailed me. Well, with Dave and me, <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's like trying to organize something with someone who lives in Australia, you know? Yeah, it ships in the night. Yeah. <laughs> so I said, Dave, do you want to come on? Let's discuss a horror film. Yeah, no worries, mate. No worries. And he sent me an email with about four or five different films on. And one of them was 28 Days Later. Can you remember what the other ones were? Because I can't. Oh, probably like Sleepy Hollow, some at Tim Burton. Oh, right. Maybe. Sleepy Hollow. I think there were a couple of weird ones on there. You were yeah, like, these ones Apostle. are a Apostle. Yeah. Have you seen it? No, mate. Not heard of it. It's, it's rough. <laughs> Is it about Jesus? No, no. It's about well, it's about a cult and there's a, oh. you know, a fair bit so. of gore in it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So he sent me the list and I said, do you know what? I've never seen 28 Days Later, believe it or not, even though it's a British classic. Yeah. Mm. Because I'm a horror fan. I've never seen it, mate. Yeah. Never seen any of them. So we did 28 Days Later. Have you rewatched it or do you just, is it burned into your memory? It's, I've seen it about 10 times. Right. So I probably last watched it about a year ago, but Danny Boyle films like this, I, I watch them probably every year you know this and sunshine stuff like that they're some mm. of my favorite films so so you've you've not rewatched this knowing you were coming on there i know it mate wow that's dedication it's just rude if anything but i watched <laughs> it so we're recording on a monday evening and i watched it on saturday just gone and yeah let's talk about it so when's the first time did you watch this at launch then 2002 will you, you watched, been, are you a bit younger than me you're a year or two younger just i was 1990 so i was yeah, 12 yeah yeah, yeah okay. so i obviously didn't watch it at cinema because it's an 18 mm. um i watched it must have been on dvd the year after you know one of your mates brings it around or whatever and like for a 12 or 13 year old it, it was genuinely terrifying at that point because if you think of all the, the zombie films that were running up to this, you know, like the George A. Romero classics, and then you've got like the Dawn of the Dead, but that's probably after this, actually, Dawn of the Dead, the remake was... Yeah, was the like remake. 2000, 2003. But the older zombie films, Night of the Living Dead and all that, it was all the slow walking zombies, you know, the grunting, and it was more about the feeling. Like stereotypical and zombies, aren't they? The yeah, like exactly. Brain eaters exactly. and all that. But this is yeah. a bit of a bit of a fresher look at the old yeah. zombies. There's something terrifying about zombies that can run. 
Yeah, exactly. And just you, how, how would you put them down as well? Because <sighs> I mean, <laughs> you, what can you do? Well, you watch like, do, do you ever play Resident Evil as a kid? I never, I played, I think the first one I ever played was Resident Evil, which was the one where you couldn't run and shoot at the same time. Was that four? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. 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 I played I Resident the Evil originals. Four. The originals were what those where they were in still scenes, so you, your character would come in, the camera wouldn't follow you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You I never, I've seen them, I've never played them. I've seen videos of them, though. Well, like that, you know, that's the traditional zombie that we grew up with where you could sort of, oh, there's one in the room, I best turn around and slowly make my way out, and it'll, yeah. uh, it'll not catch up with me. But then, yeah, I think, I'm sure Danny Boyle was one at first to, to sort of turn it into that terrifying, just sort of screaming, shouting, running zombie. And I, I don't know about you, but, the thing I loved about the film was it didn't just have, oh, someone spilt toxic waste in the local river, you know, like <laughs> Night of the Living Dead or, yeah. Um, oh, yeah, it must have been the moon or the, the asteroids going past that did it. It's it's like, you know, something that could genuinely, I not well, I'll say it could happen, but it, it tugs on that side of people that's like, you know, there's people making shit in labs. And then at the beginning of the film, you know, with the monkey and, yeah. and everything it's like very, that. Um, it's very COVID-19, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think so, I thought. Cons- obviously, apt. considering it's so old, nineteen years ago, it's an adult. In how long ago it was, an adult was born and is <laughs> yes. now an adult. It could be at uni. <laughs> yeah. Someone was born after this film and can still drink in the UK. That's how old yeah. it is. But yeah, yeah it's it's. I, what do you think of the start thing? So it's basically it's in a lab, and there's all these chimpanzees. Uh, not monkeys, David. Not monkeys. Oh, the chimpanzees. Chimpanzees. Yeah. Part of the ape family. <laughs> and, and basically, the, they've been testing with a new kind of virus or, or it's mutated, an existing pathogen or something's mutated into something, the worst name, in my opinion, you could give a disease. What's it called? Rage. Rage. <laughs> <laughs> we call it rage because they get really angry. <laughs> Why have Mate. you done that? <laughs> Such a bad name. Like, what marketing meeting? What can we call this deadly virus, guys? I've got an idea, boss. Go yeah, on. Rage. Rage. Well, that, someone must have funded this research. Well, and when they went to him and said, you know, can we have 10 million quid to experiment? All right, what are you doing? I want to make rage, you know, yeah. a virus that <laughs> just makes people but angry. What's worse than that is we're thinking within the film universe. Who yeah, that's true. went to Danny Boyle and said, Danny, I've got an idea for what it's called. Go on. Rage, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just said, get out my sight. Yeah, don't be that. Come up, come up with something better. But anyway, it's got that guy in it. What's that actor called? That um, Dylan Murphy. No, not no. The guy who's the scientist. I think it's David Schneider. Oh, Schneider. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, I was going to say that really uh, unattractive guy, but that would have been harsh. <laughs> but <laughs> David Schneider, who was in the first episode of Alan Partridge. I'm Alan Partridge, and in Mister Bean. He was in Mr. Bean as a judo instructor. I don't remember that one. Okay. Judo instructor. So <laughs> he's he been doing in, the rounds, hasn't he? Well, yeah, he's, he's had a jobs with, not a jobs with, he's a jobber. He's had a jobber, jobber of a career. He's been about. Yeah. But yeah, so David Schneider's this uh, geeky scientist and all these guys break in and they're like, oh, we want to get this virus or whatever. Oh, they want to free the animals, don't they? They're activists. Oh, they're activists. Beg your pardon. They don't want to free. Yeah. They end up causing the thing because the yeah. monkeys basically uh, murk them, don't they? Yeah, they go and eat the face. Yeah, yeah. So they're they're the, they're meant to be the good guys to set these animals free. Don't experiment on the animals, and then the animals are full of rage, 
and yeah, bite, bite a few faces. Do you take anything deeper from that? Do you think, uh, looking into this too deep, but do you think that's um, a slight on animal activism? It could be, and especially with things like um, what we're going to tug on everyone's strings now, aren't we? Uh, the, the protesters at the minute in England do it. Oh, on the roads. Insulate UK, yeah. yeah. But I bet it is. I mean, you could look at it like that as a metaphor. It's like someone trying to do the right thing, but because they have no idea about the grander scale of things, they could make an absolute disaster out of it. It's like getting involved yeah. in anything that you're not an expert in, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think realistically, Danny Boy was like, oh, "We just need to figure out how to spread this virus." Yeah, how do we get it out? <laughs> <laughs> it's like you know when you analyze Shakespeare in school, and your English yeah. teachers like, "What did he mean by this?" And you're like, "Probably nothing, mate." Yeah, he was just, just trying he, to get a bit of cash yeah, in. <laughs> he just wrote it. He had a deadline, and he wrote it. Yeah, yeah. he didn't mean anything. He by people it. to come see it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. yeah. Going, come see my latest play. Yeah. What do you it's mean? Really deep. Yeah, it's really good and deep. Oh God. But yeah, so we have we have that and then it gets uh, in the world and then we cut to your man Killian, who at this point mm-hmm. was basically an unknown. I think but naked. That, yeah. Oof, cock out. <laughs> cock fully out. Part of that yeah. was on a cl- on a closed set. All right. Is that what his request was? Yeah, he wants to be on a so, closed what, so set. So no one no one can watch him in the set, but then millions can watch it after. Yeah, that's that's a bit weird, isn't it? I think a closed set, I'm not an actor, but a closed set, I believe, you might only have one or two people like the director and the cameraman okay. and the sound right. guy, I assume, but there was no sound. So rather than an open set, which would be every man and his dog. Yeah. And probably all the ladies. But yeah, it seems, seems a bit weird, doesn't it, that you'd, oh, I don't want randomers from the film. Don't look at me cock. <laughs> yeah. I don't want you to see me knob. Yeah, but if this does well, Killian. Everyone's going to see it. It's it's an eerie scene, though, isn't it? Because it's it's the sort of silence of it. Mm. I suppose. You, we, I mean, we all know what's gone on at that point. You think, oh yeah, it's clearly after after the aftermath. So I remember yeah. the headlines saying like how expensive it must have been to shut oh, down the London, London scene. Yeah. yeah. So I think I think they filmed it at like four in the morning on a Sunday yeah. morning or something. In summer, so it was a bit light. Yeah, so yeah. it's and they had an hour, I think, or something like that. And On London like, Bridge, was it? Yeah, yeah. And then you obviously yeah. got the House of Parliament in the background. But then also on the motorways later on in the film, like they oh, had yeah, to like yeah. they had to delay traffic going both ways, and they only had like a a minute of usable footage. Jesus, it's not like, like uh, cameras. Not like there's normally delays on motorways. Is there? I know. You know, what pissed <laughs> off about the motorway scene more than anything is they were driving in the middle lane. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, who do you think you are? <laughs> middle lane drivers, mate, honestly. Oh, oh I feel yeah. safe. Mate, drive on the left. Yeah. yeah. We drive we're on the left. That really pissed me off. But yeah, so <laughs> I'm on Killian. Do you know, I've, I've timed this as well. I, this is how ridiculous I am. Because he runs around, he, he runs into a, a few zombies and it sets the scene. It's like, oh, God. <laughs> a few zombies. <laughs> I'm a zombie. I'm a zombie. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, he ends up getting into shitty zombies. He ends up getting into a little safe group, doesn't he, with his little clan, with his little uh, mates, what they call. So you got Selena and and others. Frank (laughs) and his daughter. What's his daughter called? Uh, What was he? So you got Brendan Gleeson as Frank and yeah. Hannah. Was Hannah his daughter? Hannah, was Hannah? That's it. Hannah. Yeah. I think Hannah's his daughter, yeah. Brendan Gleeson, Mad-Eye Moody from Harry Potter. Absolutely. 
Yeah, he's, he's a good actor, isn't he? Yeah, he's a good, good actor. Yeah, didn't yeah. know he had two real eyes, but he does. <laughs> he Amazing. All, not for yeah. sure. Yeah, but yeah, so the, go on. I was just going to say, what do you think of the um, the soundtrack in the first few scenes? Then I think it's quite haunting because mm. there's apart from him shouting like "hello" and all that, there's not really much dialogue, is there? No, so no. It's all atmospheric. And I know yeah. like when you make your music, you're quite into the soundtracks and you'd like to get into that field you've said before. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think John Murphy's that who does the um did the score for the film. So he did he did most of the sounds, but then it's like any film, you know, they'll have um random artist songs put in there for for effect or whatever. Uh, I wanted to speak about that because John Murphy, he does a lot of Danny Boyles and um similar background to me you know he was like a I don't know if he was a pianist first but he was a guitarist and just he just liked learning instruments he wasn't particularly virtuoso he just loved you know layering songs making compositions and I think it's called In the House uh, In a Heartbeat that's the the main theme you know where it's just got this simple guitar that's a bit eerie and it builds and builds and builds Mm -hmm. stuff like that it's just incredible you know he, he didn't have to get like a massive orchestra in he just had to build it quietly on an electric guitar and then sort of put some distortion on it. And, you know, it is that sort of rockier sound, but it's really jarring because it's not, yeah, it's, it's not melodic, is it? It's really... Um, no, it's one of them where you almost, at first, you almost don't hear it mm. and it slowly starts to build up. But when I listened to that, I was like, I recognise that. And I was like, oh, yeah, it's probably from this then. <laughs> you know, you're trying to think, where have I heard this before? It's yeah, like I've heard yeah. I've heard it in somewhere else and it's obviously yeah, yeah, yeah. from this. It gets used a lot, I think, yeah, as horror soundtracks go. What do you think about because one of the the I suppose people have a unique take on how a zombie infection gets spread. So for some people it's like if you get scratched, if you get bit, but this even a drop of blood in the eye turns mm, you within like yeah. 20 seconds. I think that's what made this even scarier as like and more more disturbing as a zombie film because yeah, you watch Resident Evil films or or George A. Romero, you know, they have to fully chomp down on you and then you might get infected three hours later. That's another thing, the speed of it. So, like you say, you know, when zombies jump on people in Walking Dead and they're sort of dribbling all over them with blood and they're like, get off me. (laughs) (laughs) They hoy them off and then someone puts a knife through their head and there's blood everywhere. Like 28 days later, it's just like you say, that drop of blood with Frank and it just sort of, within minutes or within a minute, it's like you can hear and see the rage take. That was what was so scary about it. And also that he didn't turn, it didn't look like when people turn into those zombies, it doesn't look like they're turning into mindless. It mm. just literally looks like they're getting angrier and angrier and then becoming... Well, yeah, it is quite unique. I mean, that scene was quite harrowing, especially with him having a daughter. It's like, like he literally is just, one second he's looking up, the next thing he knows he's getting infected and he's like shoving his daughter away, telling him to get away and next thing kill him. And yeah, it's like, yeah. the daughter would be like, what the fuck's going on here? It's just like, escalated what, quickly, what, isn't it? What do you mean? you got something <laughs> in your eye, done? Dad. Rage, yeah, blood yeah. in my eye. Yeah, it's bloody but, crows. But yeah, it, it's weird. Like, <sighs> that is a really bad thing, the speed. And I know that in, like, the, the more similar one, I suppose, came after this, which was World War Z. 
yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah. quite that sped up the transition even quicker. I think that was like seven yeah. seconds. Like Brad Pitt was counting yeah, yeah. in that film. Oh, he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they, I mean, there were some scary ass zombies. But they obviously, and they were take... they were hordes of them, weren't they? And they're yeah, almost, they were. They, they're a bit different in that they were maybe not super strength, but they could mass and make these yeah. sort of piles of zombies. Whereas <laughs> these climbing up buildings. Yeah, 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 yeah. Whereas on twenty eight days later, they, they're only as strong as a fast human. Yeah, or whatever. I think it, it's a good point that you mentioned about the not mindless in the. The, there were some scenes, especially in the tunnel, where they're coming around the corner, the rats are running away from them, which I thought was quite clever. But then when they get to the car and they drive away, ordinarily you'd think that zombies are mindless, that they'd keep chasing, but they end up stopping. They stop, don't they? Yeah. That's, yeah. There's so many little bits. It's like a blind rage that they get when they see people. Even the guy that was chained up at the sanctuary, he would even stop or he would like, reach out trying to and then he would try grab you so the it's weird because are they are they dead that well that's the thing isn't it it's like well no because i think you can you, you don't have to you can kill them like a normal person in 28 days later can't you mm, yeah so you know all the other zombie films it's like oh yeah the body's dead but it's been reanimated by this and i think 28 days later it's like no the body's still living they're just infected with a virus and that's yeah. a, that's, a, that's an interesting twist actually so they're not undead yeah, not in the so, traditional. So by way. nature, then, are they zombies? Mm. No, they're, they're rage, mate. Yeah, they're just rage. <laughs> so come back they're, to rage. They're just fucking fuming. Yeah, just angry <laughs> as fuck. <laughs> but that, that what you said about the, um, the tunnel scene, I love that scene because it there's things that Danny Boyle does as a director that just really tug on you, your own sort of insecurities and stuff. And like, I don't know about you, but sorting your fucking car out is bad enough if you're on M- M1 hard shoulder or something yeah. like that. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> when you've Let got plenty of time to work with. Yeah, exactly. But it still it still puts you on edge. Do you know what I mean? Or if you broke down on a street, it would put you on edge. But that whole thing of doing that with, with a rage horde behind you. And then the other thing, Frank and his daughter though, like having a, a father-daughter combo there was quite unique in a zombie film. It's almost like you feel for him because he's trying to protect her. But at the same time, you're like, there's such a connection there that that's scary. It gets to all of us that like, oh, if you were there with your family or your mom or, you know what I mean? Or your daughter or something. Madness. It does bring it into it. The one thing I put about the the tunnel scene, I've just opened my notes on my phone, is I thought it was a little bit unrealistic how they all managed to just lift the car. Yeah, that was a bit odd. Three of them, <laughs> like, like two, two, well. man, two men and a woman, just yeah. lift it then. All right. Yeah. We'll just lift like tanks. Car. Yeah. Them, uh, them ah. black cars. <laughs> Are you done yet, Hannah? Not yet. Yeah. All right. No, what <laughs> There's only a horde coming. But yeah, what else did I put in here? Uh, I literally put, no way they could change uh, the car tyre. No way could they <laughs> lift happening. it. No yeah. way could they lift it. But yeah, the sanctuary yeah. being... 27 miles northeast of Manchester. Okay. Basically, it, Huddersfield. Well, it's basically Huddersfield. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, it will be, won't it? Basically. Where, where the, what motorway did they go up then? Did they go up M1 and then M62? We're getting route out. <laughs> yeah, it was filmed on the M1. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it must have been... Because it came from London, obviously. Yeah. yeah, it must have been the M62. Yeah, or, yeah. Or the M60 and then the M62. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go out a ring road and then... Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the 62. The Norwich um, bypass. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm going around in circles, then. 
yeah. <laughs> going nowhere, Lynn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it must be, yeah, it must be sort of uh, West Yorkshire countryside somewhere, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I've oh, never seen the M62 that deserted. They were driving up and it was like, oh, that's Manchester, that's Manchester. Mm. I'm pretty sure there's no, even the M1, driving up the M1, you don't just see Manchester in the horizon. Like, no. Like, like a skyscape. Yeah, no, at no point. At no yeah. point. Just doesn't happen. <laughs> you never see any city from the motorway, do you? Really? You see Leeds only come in M62 on, I guess. Oh, you do, I suppose. Yeah, on the 2-1. Then, you, then you're pretty much in Leeds yeah. at that point. Just, just prove pr- pr- my point wrong. Yeah. <laughs> If Perfect. any fans out there watching this can pinpoint yeah. the exact spot they recorded on the M1. Uh, I want a <laughs> list of all the motorways that you can see the city, <laughs> city. approaching, approaching yeah. you in the skyline. But yeah, what else did I put on here? Oh, when he's in the, the flat with um, mm-hmm. your man Gleason, Frank, mm-hmm. and, and his daughter, and he tries to have a dry shave yeah, for no apparent reason. But then I realised the reason was because it led to the fact of there being no water, which then led to them being up on the roof with all the buckets, explaining mm-hmm. there's no water, and then they basically had to leave. Right. So that's the chain of events. They figure, how can we get on to talking about water? Uh, let's uh, have him dry shave. It's an interesting one, isn't it? Yeah, you wouldn't have thought. No, can I have a uh, glass of water, please? Yeah. Funny you should mention that. Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, got any water, mate? Yeah, sorry, pal. To, I know it's a bit of a zombie apocalypse, but have you got a bick? I need, yeah. shave, I need a shave, mate. Just I need to look my best it. for the end of world. Why? Yeah. There's I know, no yeah. need. I thought yeah. that was weird. The other Least thing of his was, worries. Yeah, one thing I did like, I don't know if he potentially overused it in this, um, was mm. the, the Dutch angle with his camera oh, work. What's the Dutch angle? So the Dutch angle, the Dutch angle in cinematography is where there's a shot, but it's slightly angled to the side. Ah, uh, to make it jarring. Yeah. So whenever stuff. the whenever the um, the customer I think about work, whenever the <laughs> uh, whenever the actor is in like a situation where they're a bit discombobulated and yeah. not sure what's going on, just, just imagine a normal scene but sort of tilted to the side. Happens yeah. a lot in Sam Raimi's films, like The Evil Dead. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in like the Third Man from way back in the day. It's probably because he was he was making. What do you reckon? Do you, it, maybe he's turning an ordinary scene into something a bit less ordinary because of that. Yeah, well, I think like, it's like one of his spent signatures. All the budget before, <laughs> yeah, I think it's one of his signatures. He does it a lot. Ah, uh, okay. I think I'll he have to look out for it. I think he did it a lot in Train Spotting. Mm. Um, again, that's quite a deep film, but I, d- I didn't know if I felt like he overused it a little bit in this because it was like every other shot, and I was like, I, yeah, I get it's jarring, but he's starting to make me feel sick. It's probably because if he was making this film, it's like when you when you make a song as a musician, or if you you make a new podcast or video or something like that. If you discover something that's like a great trick or like a new technique, you always overuse it at first, don't you? So it, unless he was thinking, Do you know what, in this sort of really disturbing dystopian post-apocalyptic world, it works really well. He probably has, yeah, and just run wild with it. But like I say, he probably used up budget on the central London scenes and then had to. Um, just get really normal sets. Yeah. It's, it's funny you say that because apparently it was filmed primarily in chronological order. All right. Okay. So the bit at the start with all the like the news scenes of like riots and stuff, 
they wanted apparently to use scenes from like Sierra Leone. There were loads of riots going on over there, but they felt okay. that that would have been distasteful. Yeah. So they yeah. filmed them all themselves. And then they did the, the London, central London scene. So they filmed it basically in order. So it probably was a case of, shit, we're cash now. We've blown all this budget here. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Fuck. How much did you pay all them extras? Because <laughs> uh, the, the film is quite dark, isn't it? Lighting wise. Yeah, yeah it is. Yeah. Probably couldn't afford lights. Do you know what I mean? I suppose, uh, yeah. Well, I guess that's the whole uh, artistic license thing. Is if you notice later on, there's a scene, you know, with the horses, mm. and it's like uh, there's a tune that comes one of the one of the best ambient tunes. You know me, big fan of ambient music, Brian Eno, and it's uh, it's called an an ending, uh, mm. ascent, and that's the really really uh, almost choral ambient music that comes on when they see the horses running. I think that's like one of the lightest scenes in the film, as an almost like oh, wow, everything's going to be all right, you know, because it's been dark and gloomy to that point. Is that where it says, do you think they're infected? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and now we know I've seen the film that everything wasn't all right at that point because he's shortly dead after that point. Yeah, exactly. What do you think about that? I mean, apparently it picks up on this, I'm saying apparently all the time because it's the first time I've seen this. Apparently. Apparently. In 28 weeks later, it alludes to the fact in this where the guy's chained to the radiator and he says it's just a quarantined Britain. So, and it's the virus hasn't spread worldwide, which in 28 weeks later is confirmed. Mm. I'm told. Have you seen 28 weeks later? I've not seen 28 weeks. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you already know it anyway. Yeah. Basically it's mainly hits Britain. Do you think that's realistic though, given in this day and age, what we know about the pandemics starting in, China, if we believe. Yeah, them. I I do, and China. I think that China. That's probably, <laughs> that's probably why he chose. Well, not why, but it worked well with the fact they chose it to be. It's, it, you get infected so quickly because there's no way that you're. Um, so, like, let's say at World War Z, they said that cropped up in different places, didn't it? And then it just spread and spread and spread. But then in this film, if it did originate in Britain, which it did because we saw Patient Zero or whatever, if it spreads that quick, there's no way you could get everyone on a plane or on a boat and it reach its destination. I suppose, yeah, you couldn't like, you know I mean, feel sick, get a flight yeah. somewhere and then... Exactly. Spread yeah. it, so you I couldn't guess. just like let, you know, one of the zombies gets on a plane, the plane isn't going to be taking off, is it? Like, so I guess that helps in that in that thing because the other one, yeah, the old like Resident Evil, the old school George A. Romero, someone might have a fever and they're on a plane and they, oh, they've got a bite, you know. They, yeah, yeah. What are you they doing? They keep tending to that secret bite, that little wound. What are you doing? Yeah. I'm okay. okay. <laughs> you look a bit You're sweating pale. Your tits off. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even warm. I don't like flies. <laughs> I'm just a nervous flyer. You were in the air yeah. force, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So. That bit works, yeah. Yeah. So the the box office for this, apparently. Oh, I've not heard these. Go on then. Apparently, estimated to be $8 million. All right. According to IMDb. Um, Is that a lot? Well, I mean, it's a lot to me, but. I think for 2002, Uh, that's a fairly decent amount, isn't it? $8 million. Yeah. And to say maybe. It's not going to be as worldwide. It probably didn't have the worldwide coverage that other films might have had as well. No, it says in the US and Canada, it's opening weekend, it made 10 million. So it made more than its budget back in one weekend. Um, It's gross worldwide. It's gross worldwide. 
That's what, it says gross worldwide. It means worldwide gross. I yeah. think $85.7 million. Oh, that's, yeah, that's pretty good, isn't it? Which is decent. 45 yeah. million of that just in US and Canada. Wow. I suppose that, but they love everything British and it had the bloody True. black, it had the black carb, it had the, so they won't have seen a British zombie film. And I guess the rest of us won't either. It's always in some American country or, you That's know, a good back point. End it is very British, isn't it? You, it's a very British film. All landmarks are in and. Yeah, they've thrown it all in there. The M1, houses <laughs> yeah, of power, yeah. the, the, the bridge. Which motorway? M1, baby. M1, yeah. The best one. <laughs> the first one. It's not yeah, the first, first one. <laughs> it's, not, yeah. it's deceptively named. Yeah, but, yeah. It's the longest one, isn't it? Who else did we recognise as far as the cast? Cast? Oh, um, Christopher Eccleston. Christopher Eccleston. Is that how you say his name? Have I got his name right? He was Mayor Henry West Eccleston. Yeah. Henry he? West, calling him Henry West. He's the, the military boss. When they get... Yeah, but what's he from, though? Is he, a, he is was he Doctor a... Who, wasn't he? Doctor he was Who. was one of the Doctor Who. Yeah, I'd say, don't watch Doctor Who, mate. Don't watch Doctor Who. So what else was he in? You're British and you don't watch Doctor Who. <laughs> yeah, what are you talking about? Don't watch He's it, been man. in a few things. Has he been in, um, is he in that Good Omens, the new Netflix thing? He's got a fairly good uh, CV. Good Omens. I don't know. It says he was in Thor: The Dark World. All right. Apparently, never seen yeah. it. The story will continue after these quick messages. And now back to the story. But he's he's a creepy character in that film because you. Another thing that plays on your thing uh, on your mind that if you found the military, you're all right. But we know we know from zombie films and that that they're usually, if they're still alive, they'll, they'll be corrupt or that you know they'll fancy a bit of, bit of pillaging or um, naughty business. Do you think with like you mentioned the Walking Dead earlier, and mm. they moved from safe place to safe place, and then it was the reveal of the sanctuary. Oh yeah, like yeah. this we have sanctuary. Yeah. You're quite limited in the direction you can take a zombie film, aren't you? Yeah. Really? Because yeah, well, what can you do that's brand new, yeah. really? But if yeah. it's the end of the world and everyone's a zombie, you can't just be like, like in The Walking Dead, spoilers for Walking Dead, if you've not seen it by now, then it's been out for years. Like they're just chilling and then they've got their own little community. Realistically, if everything went right, they could just stay in that community forever, but that makes a shit show. Yeah, and by people's nature, they always fall out, don't they? And that's what they play on. And then yeah. they move to a different location and then they find a sanctuary. Unless you're trying to get somewhere safe. But realistically, like if you walk up and London were deserted like that, you'd be like, fuck's sake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Big world's over. I don't think I'd want to live. Would you want to live in that? Like in that I world? Know. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? Like, shit, wouldn't if it? You, you have a bad day these days and you're like, fucking hell, life's a bit shite, isn't it? But then, <laughs> yeah, you've not woken up and everyone's <laughs> dead. <laughs> yeah, woke up stark naked in an hospital. Yeah, fucking hell, what a hangover. I know. Yeah. I love how he had the, the, like, the know-how to find a little gown. Yeah, sort of, of Sort of wheel himself out. Like, yeah. Hello? <laughs> anyone alive out there? Can anyone hear me? <laughs> Bit of a uh, shameless advertising as well, isn't it? What does he drink? Is it Pepsi? 
I think, yeah, there's loads of um, product placement in this. Chug, yeah, chugs down a big Pepsi. That's probably how I funded it because I mean, you want oh, yeah. a massive budget. When they're on the uh, stairs, she gets out a Pepsi and a, a lilt. And then he's like, have you, got, oh, okay. have you got any tango? Yeah, I might have a tango. Yeah. Could have a tango. Do you know what? Might. Pepsi, lilt, and tango are all Pepsi Cola, aren't they? Is it the same umbrella corporation? All, all owned by Pepsi because Coca Cola do Coke, Fanta, and ah, uh, Sprite. Right. Yeah. Ah, that makes so much sense. Yeah. So when he's drinking that Pepsi out of the vending machine that he finds, he's proper yeah. loving it. Oh, yeah. It's a sad in that scenario. Yeah. Oh, this is just what I need. He might yeah. as well look at camera and go on. Camera, yeah. Now my thirst is quenched. <laughs> yeah. Pepsi. Beads of sweat off his forehead. Takes <laughs> yeah. his top yeah. off. He's got a six-pack like, oh, Pepsi. Yeah. Buy it now. Sketch me through. <laughs> right, where was I? Oh, end at world, I. Well, yeah. That's where we were. <laughs> yeah. So let's have a cheeky look at some trivia. That, by the way, did it win any awards? Did you find out? I, good I question. Checked. It did win some awards. Let's see if there's any that we recognise. Yeah, because sometimes it's said, favorite film. <laughs> yeah, it says awards. It's like the, the Kazakhstan's twelfth annual <laughs> film noir awards yeah. runner up. Let's have a look. <laughs> Anything at the cans, because that's always a bit prestigious, isn't it, for indie films? It's not really an indie film, cans. I guess, it'd be other. Can. Yeah. Can. Oh, is that how you say it? Can. Sorry. <laughs> Has I got tickets for cans? Cans. <laughs> what? Uh, no, sir, we have tickets for the can. Yeah, <laughs> that's the one. So we've got 10 wins and 32 nominations. Oh, all right. Oh, so we've got a winner for best horror film. Academy of Science Fiction, Fantasy, and Horror Films, USA. Nice. Good one. Yeah. <laughs> We've got um, Naomi Harris, who played Selena, mm-hmm. won um, Best Breakthrough Performance at the Black Reel Awards, 2004. Interesting. British Independent Film Awards. It was a nominee. Didn't win anything. Where did it win? Ah, it's a shame. Empire Awards, 2003. It won Best Film. And- I think they hand them out to anyone. Yeah, Killian Murphy got a nominee for uh, Best Newcomer. European okay. Film Awards for Best Cinematography. Mm, must have been that Dutch angle. <laughs> <laughs> got me an award, didn't you? Have <laughs> I forgot any that I recognise? Doesn't sound like it, does it? I mean, MT- oh, didn't even win an MTV Movie Award. MTV, no, 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 nothing. Didn't win anything, in my opinion, worth starring on the mantelpiece. Okay, fair enough. Well, would you have given it an award? I mean, did you like it? I did. Let me let me just read this one out. This was um I'm probably saying this wrong. New Chattel, New Chattel International Fantastic Film Festival. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Two thousand go there. Yeah. Where's that? That's gotta be oh Switzerland. New Chattel, New Chattel. Probably Chattel. saying that saying yeah. that wrong. Yeah. Did I like it? Yeah, I did. I, for me, it kind of, I felt like the British part of it, I don't know. I found it. It was a bit shoe on, didn't it? Yeah. I like, I think the American aspect of zombie films is something I quite like because it's a bit mm. more over the top, a bit more dramatic. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I'd watch it again. Mm. I think I, I think my expectations were a little bit too high. Ah, oh, it's a shame, yeah. But that, that's the problem with films like this, though, isn't it? Because 19 years, mate, if 
Oh, You've got to think time. about the, the context at the time as well, yeah. what was happening in the world, what, what other films were out, what did it have to compare to? I think it kind of looks dated as well. It does a bit, doesn't it? It yeah. looks quite grainy and dated for the time. Like I've seen films older than that that look better. Yeah. And I know it's dark might, and might have been gritty and stuff. Yeah. It might have been, but mate, look at, um, when did The Matrix come out? Like 2000? 99. 99, mate. Yeah. I know, miles, yeah. Miles apart, yeah. obviously different budgets and stuff. That was Warner Brothers as well, wasn't it? But yeah. eight, eight million though, that's that's a lot, mate. That's a lot of money. Yeah. But like yeah, you said, true. I bet I bet shut in London cost a few mil. Yeah. Probably cost bulk, ha- probably cost half the budget. I would I would have thought it cost at least half the half the budget. The uh, the critics liked it though. I'm sure they did. Well, this is the thing. If you if you would have watched it back then, you might have a completely different opinion. You never know, dear. And it's the Star Wars curse. You tell anyone who's not watched Star Wars to go back and watch it. I, I wouldn't want anyone. Yeah, don't watch it, mate. You, you're not going to like it. <laughs> the, the whole point of Star Wars is I you grew up your honest, Star Wars. I appreciate your honesty, yeah. mate. Because yeah, coming from someone who loves it. Yeah. Like, you, you just don't want not me in your little gang, do you? You're not coming <laughs> yeah, to Star Wars It's full. Club. It's full. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No more memberships. I, I know what you're yeah. like. Well, this is yeah. funny. When I reviewed Evil Dead 2 with Horror Project and Phil, one of the hosts on there, grew up with evil dead loves it mm, yeah so you look through like nostalgia viewed glasses don't you rose tinted glasses yeah, yeah. and and you think the original evil dead yeah you think stuff's yeah. really well i quite like the original but the second one for me was just a bag of shite yeah and uh yeah, yeah. he was like oh i, re- I really I-, I loved that film growing up i was like hey, it's shit Anyway, like, I'm not oh. stamping on your parade here. Yeah. Like, oh, is that? Well, now you mention it, yeah, it's a bit um, flawed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. like I can see the moment his heart like ripped in half. Yeah, absolutely it's, devastating. It's, it's your nostalgia, and it? it's whatever you grew up with, and it's all memories around it. So, like, I must have watched. I don't know when I would first watch this film, but it it was probably with mates. You know, we're probably sneaking cans or something like that. It's probably that excitement of watching an 18 when you're 13. When he says yeah. cans there, it doesn't mean the French place. <laughs> it means I cans mean, of alcohol. Cans. Yeah. Lager beer. Cans. Tinnies. <laughs> tinnies, yeah. Tinnies. tinnies. Yeah. 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 It got 87% fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. That's a good good score. From the, from the critics and the, the public give it 85%. So They give it less close. than the critics. Interesting. Mate, you should the the discrepancies between critics and the general public is quite vast sometimes. It's massive, isn't it, on some films? Yeah. yeah. Now Metacritic is far less reviews compiled, but it gave it 73 out of a hundred, and the users Fair gave enough. it 7.7. 7. Mm. What do you think if you could rate this out of 10 using mm. a pot point system? Mm-hmm. What would you rate Danny Boyle's 28 Days Later from 2002 starring Killian Murphy and his penis? <laughs> I think I'd give it I, for me personally for a point I, I must give it 8.5 I absolutely loved it and for me it's a classic now what's critical about that or what's crucial is that you haven't rewatched it recently I mean I with critical one, once a year with critical glasses on I'll go watch it right now and I'll ring you back up. <laughs> the five. Uh, yeah, yeah, rubbish that. No, because now I'm going to be tainted by... But yeah, we've got to do this, haven't you? You've got to look at other perspectives and you've got to see why people don't like... You can't just sit in a, what is it, echo chamber and hear everyone say, you know, all the films you love are great and all the films you hate, they're shit, you know. You've got to hear other people's points on it. 
there's a difference. I think like I studied film at college and media mm. and it kind of, and the tutor even said, he said, if you do this course, you're going to end up fucking hating movies. Yeah. Hating watching movies. Cause you'll see things that other people don't, you won't be able to just enjoy it. Mm. And it, it's true. Like even the other week I was watching taxi driver, which oh, is yeah. a fucking magnificent film. Magnificent yeah, film. And I'm not saying I, I slated that film, but even when I'm watching it, I'm thinking of the shots that is taking place. I'm thinking yeah, of the acting yeah, yeah. that's going on. I'm thinking of the, you know, the lighting and the the script and the score and stuff. I'm not just watching a film and being immersed in the Yeah, in the you story. lose lose that innocence, don't you? As soon as you start knowing how things are made. Yeah. But I imagine it's like that with you and music. If you hear something like oh, you yeah. will you will hear a soundtrack and you will start picking up with your ear and think, oh, I wonder what they did there. Or it'll mean more to you than it would to me, for example. Yeah, and then you get you get distracted then and you just sort of like I just went to watch June at the cinema and uh, Hans Zimmer soundtrack, always good soundtracks. And I'm, I find myself in scenes literally having to look back up at the screen because I'm, I'm listening to what he's done. And I'm thinking, how has he done that? He's, he's done two things at once there. What's he done there? <laughs> yeah, he's done well, just, just turn over and Dave's like this, just looking down at his food. Like, <laughs> What's wrong? Why are you mate? watching it? Shh, I'm listening. He's put a drum there and a bass. What's he done there? <laughs> I think what's happening is they're doing multiple things yeah, at, the, at same the same time. time. Complicated yeah. shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it's true. I, did, I think I, I did media as well. It's, I must have, must have a worse memory than you. But, I, you know, the things like the, um, you'll know the name, the, the shot where you got one half of your face in shadow, one in uh, in light. I can't say well, that. A bit much, like the, the Dutch angle, you know, it's a bit like yeah. that. It's a common trick to use to make someone look half trustworthy, half not. So, yeah, like split yeah. Their personality or whatever. But yeah, as soon as you start seeing them things, and I, I, no, like, you said the Dutch angle there, but there'll be certain like long shots and there'll be certain. Um, my problem is watching extras in films now. I'm, I'm far too obli- uh, hone in on what the extras are doing. And you, I sometimes get this brainwave when I'm watching zombie films that the extras are just people in makeup legging it after other people. Yeah, yeah. I know it's dead obvious, but when you're thinking about it, you, you just you stop being involved in that scene. Well, a lot of the, the zombies in this were athletes, apparently. I bet they were. Because they were. <laughs> he, he wanted them to, well, they wanted them to move differently to your average person. Ah, uh, okay. So when they're sprinting after you and climbing up the shopping trolleys and stuff, it's like... Ah, they were public cat strong. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah so, right, yeah. what I want you to do, Bill, is to climb up that uh, <laughs> yeah. ten stars st- ago. Stack a lorry at uh, trolleys. I just think I am an athlete. That, that's what <laughs> yeah. we should have done. Got athletes in. That's what. Oh man, so yeah, good idea that. So you've seen Twenty Eight Weeks Later. Yeah. Which one do you prefer of the two? I think easily Twenty Eight Days Later. Okay. Is it a sequel that's far worse or is it up there with it you know slightly just below or some people would say it's far worse i'd say it's got robert carlisle in right yeah and he's well he's the best bit of the film you know because he's a solid actor and um yeah and there's some bits in that film which again what danny boyle does great he just tugs on your emotions like your connection with people it's not just about pure gratuitous violence and and cool soundtrack cool scenes it's about like your, yeah your family and all that sort of stuff same in sunshine is one of his other films that i absolutely love it's, it's all about 
putting yourself in the place of someone in a right bleak situation and Robert Carlyle in the sec in 28 weeks later you if you watch it you'll see he's um yeah you 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 give your right arm not to be in his situation um at several points in that film it's yeah it's brutal but it, yeah there are it, it because they've already done 28 days later it it loses a bit of that I, I know what's coming here you know what I mean I know what to expect but because, like you mentioned earlier, spoilers, England is in a way quarantined. There's there's new characters and there's options for different things. So it, it does branch out quite well. And it, that sort of thing is not done that often in zombie films, what they've done in the second. So it is good. I'd give that maybe a seven out of 10. And I'm, I'm probably being generous because okay. I've given this an 8.5. Yeah, 8.5 and a seven. Yeah. I think I would probably give this first viewing mm, I'd watch it again which means I can't really go below a six probably give it a six point six point four or five maybe okay all right so closer to six than seven just yeah well, let, let's look at a couple of goofs. Let's uh, Go on, well, let's brighten the mood. Let's see what's going on here. Shall we? So, I've not read these, so let's see. Oh, the, here we go. The access credit card used has been defunct since the mid-90s. Right. <laughs> Good to know. I didn't even know they used. Oh, yeah. Did Imagine they? watching that. Oh, see that card, Sheila? Yeah. Don't even use them anymore. It's been defunct. Yeah, you used to have one of them in 90s. Yeah. <laughs> defunct for at least five years. Let's have a look. Audio character error. A soldier radios in. I repeat. In UK signals, repeat is reserved for artillery fire. He should have said, I say again. Say again, say again. All right. That's I an Americanism, again. is it? I mean, that's not even a sentence, is it? I say again. Say again, say again. That's ridiculous. It does sound a bit more British, a bit more... Uh... They were Tommy's and all that. <laughs> <laughs> they went. They're bloody wet. Let's, let's just do a couple. So when they're on the roof, checking if it rained, and they collected the water, there's a dirty clothes basket full of holes, which would be useless. I noticed that. I noticed that. Oh, collecting water, and it's yeah. got holes in it. Yeah, yeah, I was like, why is that there? Chocolate fire guard and all yeah, that. Yeah, take whatever yeah. we can get. <laughs> <laughs> Even if we're going to get a centimetre at bottom. Yeah. They could have put a bin bag in it. I didn't think ahead, did they? They could have done. He's like, he's like, oh, apparently if you put a plastic sheet, it collects condensation, but I can't seem to get it right. <laughs> <laughs> Just got a massive plastic wall for he's no reason. watching Bear Grylls, is he? I know, yeah. Drink your own piss. <laughs> the best way to survive. I've got, I've got a little one. Go on. A little, little fact. It's not really a fact, but, well, people who... Admits it. <laughs> <laughs> people one. who uh, people who like um, rugby or footy, you know, a uh, fake up final and at rugby they sing "Abide, Abide with Me." It's like the honorary British national anthem that isn't "God Save the Queen." Is it? Yeah, how's that going? I'm not singing it, mate. Just say the words. Abide by abide me. With, abide with me. It's an old hymn, so it's like an old school tune, and you know, it's a bit like when not him. Him. No, not him. <laughs> <laughs> it's an old thing. So like when the Liverpool fans sing, you never walk alone. It's a bit like that, obviously older than that. And um, yeah, that's in the scene, you know, where he finds his parents, which is again, another pulling on your heartstrings. 
Jim goes to find his parents, doesn't he? Goes to their house. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. They've, they've, they've topped themselves on the bed. Yeah, and that's the song playing in the background, a bit of choral music for you. But yeah, beautiful Had piece. they topped themselves? Is that what they're yeah, doing? I think so. Yeah, because they were laying there in the clothes and they're holding hands. Yeah. And and they left him a note, all... aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. Fuming, been fuming. Not even dead. Yeah. Why have you done that? <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? I don't know that they sing that hymn at FA Cup finals because Huddersfield um, never... Oh, no, they, they have been to an FA Cup final and won it, but it was in 1922, I believe. Oh, a, a good year. A bit before I think we my might time. have been there with you. <laughs> yeah, a bit before my time. Possibly. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, have you got anything else to say about 28 Days Later, Mr. Brader? We've covered a lot of what I love about the film. I, I suppose the one thing I didn't come up with is that many... Um, Bits, bits to improve on, room for improvement. I'm going to say, I, you, I just, g- you give it an 8.5, which isn't perfect. Yeah. So there must be reasonings as to what, what would elevate this to a 10. That might be an easier question. Okay. I'm, I'm probably going to agree with you. And this is, I normally like the sort of lo-fi, weathered, aged look, but there are some scenes where he does a lot of close-ups where the zombies are attacking and fighting. And I, I find that sometimes a bit, a bit difficult so it's not an easy watch is it you don't sit there and like and I know it's meant to be an adrenaline thrill ride and all that but there are times where I think he could have added a bit more um, gravity to the situation if he'd have maybe pulled the camera back a bit and, and seen maybe what was happening from afar I know they do that in some ways but you know the camera will be low down on the street and you'll see legs going past or people going past and and the bit uh, yeah it's almost like in the tunnel and in the the bottom of the stairwell with the the trolleys and that it's almost like you're watching it pissed does that make sense yeah yeah. it's discombobulating a little bit yeah yeah and it's maybe a little bit too much for me i needed a bit more well this this is a thing and it's it's that combined with all the dutch angles i mean without realizing what you were seeing that's perhaps a reason why you felt a little bit jarred i guess by it yeah yeah without noticing well, was this before or after Blair Witch? Because it's got that handicam feel at times, hasn't it? Uh, Even though it's uh, it's not meant to be first person. But it, yeah. I think that was that was to nineteen ninety nine. That was nineteen ninety nine. Oh, okay, good year for films. That yeah. So he might have taken influence from that idea of a handicam being d- disconcerting because. The audience wants you to pan back and to see it all, but the whole point of being scared is that you can't. Well, it's see immersive, what's isn't it? It's immersive. Yeah, it put, yeah. puts you inside the actor's eyes, really, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you don't, I guess, if you don't know what's going on, you can't see what's going on. Your mind makes it up for you, which is yeah, kind That's of scarier, scarier in a way. Tactic. Yeah, I think it's a film you have to be in the mood for. Personally, I think that's yeah. true of all zombie films. I think you have to you have to be in the mood for them. This one especially, so. It's good. I think he's I think he's tried a lot of this is before he got massive, really, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, it, I, th- I think he'd done train spotting by that point. That were like nineties, wasn't it? I think. Yeah, late nineties, I think. But yeah. um this is before different, like different type of film, weren't it? Yeah. Yeah. This is before he's done any of his other bigger projects which uh, escape my mind. Mm. Well, have you seen Sunshine? I think that's a bit later. I've not seen it, mate. I've not seen Sunshine. Good film. Killy Murphy again. Yeah. It, so if we look, let's look at Danny Boyle's films Retoire. that he's done. So yeah. he's done 127 hours. Oh, came yeah. after this Sunshine. Yeah, he's done um, Slumdog Millionaire. I never saw that. Train Spotting Two. That was quite good. 
He's done different types of films, hasn't he? Yeah, but I think it's. I mean, he started his first film. He did a few TV films in the late 80s. Mm. So his first real film, it looks like it was called Shallow Grave from 1994. Okay. So this is only his one, two, three, no, one, two, three, four, fifth feature film. And it's probably his only one that went to cinema, you'd imagine. Yeah. You can imagine that he's he's still practicing a lot of his technique at this point. But then even more credit to him then if you think... If you saw this at the cinema and you're like, this, oh, how many films have you made? Oh, it's my fifth one. I mean, you know. It, oh, it's a cult classic, isn't it, really? Yeah. There's a good reason he's then gone on to do big, much bigger yeah. films. They're not like, I know you did 28 Days Later, and I'll be honest, <laughs> uh, it was shit. But I want, you to, I want you to do this, but just do it completely different because it's yeah. better. I think I like his, uh, Danny Boyle as well, similar to John Murphy, does his soundtracks. You can tell he doesn't just shoe on himself into one thing. He could have quite easily just done gangster films or done um, lo-fi horror films and stuff like that. But Sunshine's a sci-fi psychological thriller. This is a you know a horror, zombie horror film, and then Lockstock and 127. They're all quite different films, aren't they? Was it Lockstock though? Didn't do Lockstock. Uh, not Lockstock. Yeah. Yeah. What was what? What's the other one? He did Slumdog Millionaire and 127 Hours. Trainspotting. Oh, what was I thinking of? Oh, train spotting. spotting. Yeah. yeah. Not like yeah. stuck. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> Different film entirely. Different yeah. director. Completely. Oh, one more bit on the music, mate. Um, Frank's death. So that scene is made even more harrowing. But if you listen to it again, get it on YouTube after. It's a John Murphy piece called Requiem. And Requiem. D minor, I think it is. And any Requiem piece, like a classical piece called Requiem, and it always says the key it's in, they're always really sad and emotional. And the way the strings build and build and build, it's a type of building music that never satisfies, if you see what I mean. It just keeps going and going and going. So it's almost like building tension, building tension, building tension, or building your feelings up sort of thing. So have, have a listen to that. Yeah, it's amazing. I think I've got a lot of respect for John Murphy. Murphy does... Um, what about this is a co- complete side note, but it's kind of zombie related. What about do you like the the Walking Dead theme? Yeah, that is a good piece of music. Simple. I think that's, I think that's class because that 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 starts off eerie and then it just builds and builds and then it just goes. <laughs> yeah, boom. My favorite bit of the Walking Dead one is if you do you, have you watched it on speakers or with headphones on? No. Ah, watch on tele like a normal person. Oh, like a real bass, of course. How <laughs> bass is your telly? Because there's a, the bass note that goes in at the end and then it drops to really low and it sort of like rattles and that's the bit that's really eerie at the end of it. I just, I just, yeah, I love it. No, yeah. I'm, I'm not listening to it that, um, <laughs> put that much into that in it. Depth. No, yeah. just a throwaway comment to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think that's that sums up 28 Days Later. I appreciate you coming on. Mm. No David, cheers for having us. David John Brady, you can find him in his link tree in all of my episodes. Yeah, there you go. But oh, for the Google David John Brady. For the for the uh courtesy of people listening, where's the, the one place that they could find you easiest? And what have you got in the pipeline? Okay, so probably YouTube. I'd normally I used to send people to Spotify. And there is releases on Spotify, but YouTube has that and other stuff 
So it has a little, a lot of my ambient work and stuff that's not released really. Go to YouTube, David John Brady. Uh, and then I've just released an album with um, my group Collision Tapes and I'm working on three or four singles that will be out within the next eight months. But first one should be out within a, the next the next six weeks. Get them released, lad. Get yeah, them out. Yeah. Are you still working on them or have you finished them? Now I've got two finished now, so the next one will be out, I'd Release say, in about six, six weeks. Release so, them. Yeah. I shall, I shall. But yeah, the uh, the Collision Tapes album, what's it called? Un- Unruh Effect? Or is that one of your songs? What's that? That's one of the called? tunes. The, the album's album? called Expand Never Stop. Expand Never Stop. That's it. Yeah. So, th- so this is a collab that Dave did with, is he American or Canadian, your friend? He's American, but he lives in Vancouver. Go right. Jake Klinkenborg. Yeah. So Jay- Jake with the cool surname. Um, yeah. He's a cellist. Yeah. 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 You found him on Reddit, right? Yeah. Start a lockdown. I wanted to do a bit of collab music with any, you know, a good cello player. And he, yeah, he's world class, like really good cello player. And he loves his electronic music as well. So, we, yeah, we gelled really well and never met each other, but released an album together. So that's fun. Yeah. Good album. If you're ever working, it's, I say it's good music to work to. Or for me, I use it like to write to when I'm writing my scripts. It's like uh, amb- okay. it's almost like ambient background music, but it's I don't know. It just gets you in the zone. That's what I like. Yeah, about it. it's not so, it's not like something you'd put on and drink or dance dance to. Have <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no, you heard this new no. banger from David John Brady? Yeah, it's soft <laughs> and it's ambient yeah. and a bit obscure. Yeah, yeah. No, I appreciate lyrics? that. Yeah. That's I good. think I think my music. I, I probably write music like that because when I used to um, when I was at uni or when I went back and did. Um, like a postgrad uni every time I was trying to do my work and sit down and you know what it's like writing when you're doing yeah. it for hours in an evening yeah, yeah, yeah. you want music really without lyrics because you kind of distract yourself you don't want to think about it you don't want silence yeah. but you don't want to think yeah, about yeah. the music that's going on Yeah. and I find you've got two bits to your brain you've got the bit that can deal with the words and then the bit that just can deal with the sound so it doesn't have to be simple but it can be interesting music and it. yeah I think that's probably why I do it so I like no, it's good. I like having that. Yeah. No, it's good, mate. But yeah. So next week for British Murders will be episode six of season four, mm-hmm. which will be on someone. I've got my list somewhere, but the name escapes me. <laughs> so, some bad sod. <laughs> yeah. So, some murderer from Britain. Yeah. So this <laughs> yeah, like I said, this is a mid season break slash special whatever. Hiatus. Hiatus. Yeah. Buys yeah. me some time. So, <laughs> we'll be back next week with a proper true crime. I hope you enjoyed this. Please check out Dave and his music, his collision tape album available. Thank, now. Thanks for having me. Missed you. Always a pleasure. You're welcome. Mate. Always a pleasure, mate. And uh, as we say on this show, until next time, cheerio.